0: Shakespeare wrote a lot about cheerleaders, I think you'll find. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative The Town podcast brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake.
1: Hell isn't a place you go, Jack. You carry hell with you at all times.
0: <laughs> and sitting so next to Jake is someone else who lost his virginity to a chicken. It's Mark. Merhaba. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Uh, and this week, we watched 2015's Baskin, which was a Jack pick. And we will dive into that a real soon, and when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. Now, ordinarily, this is where I would tell you that if you like the show, you can support us on Patreon, uh, but don't do that right now. Please just take care of yourselves, take care of your families, and if you happen to have some disposable income left over after that, uh, there's some links in the show notes to charities that are helping homeless people get food, since most of the places that's serving food to the homeless are not operating right now, given everything that's going on, so give your money there. Don't give your money to us right now. Um, hey, hey, with that, though, let's have some fun for the next little bit and forget about the nightmare that is the world. So on Ooh. that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hi, Jack. What are your beers for the 2015 film, Baskin? You didn't even mention that
1: we aren't sitting in the same room. It kind of goes without saying at this point. Like, practice social distancing. It's real. Like, fucking do That's a good point. Don't be like that right now. Don't be those people. Just do it. It'll make yeah, all this so, go away sooner.
0: Just so do listener, it. Jake's do- famous catchphrase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If you do notice a little bit of uh, different pauses, we are all three on Skype, and so it might be a little bit uh, different energy than we we ordinarily hey, have.
1: Hey, hey, this is the energy of the origins of the podcast, Jack. We've Hell just, yeah, we buddy. just got to get we got to be- get back in the we got to feel the rhythm and feel the rhyme, if you know what I mean. Okay, I'm going to get into my beer. <laughs> do I um, ever? So Before for I the sing f- the rest of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. For the foreseeable future, here I'm going to be drinking only. Only local beer, uh, because another thing that you should be doing if you have some disposable income is is using that for small local businesses. They need it as well right now as compared to some of the bigger ones. So I'm drinking Boise beers. Uh, today I'm drinking Woodland Empire's Big Sticky. It is a show classic, really, at this point, but you could apply this in a couple ways to Baskin. One, these guys get into a pretty big and sticky situation, and the <laughs> physical place they go is... Uh, yeah. It's fairly sticky down there. There's a lot of goo and goop and ugh. So, big sticky. Here
0: we go. <laughs> Oofa doofa. Mark, how about you? What are your beers for these fears? I am also supporting local breweries. All oh, this one's one of the bigger ones. They probably don't need that much of my help. I am drinking Hell's Keep Golden Ale. This is by Squatters in Salt Lake City. Uh, one of the staples, although Hell's Keep isn't one of their biggest beers. Uh, yeah, Hell's Keep, pretty self-explanatory. They are in a place full of hell. <laughs> full yeah. of it. Just full of it. Yeah, buddy. Shock full. Well, I'll close the loop on the local breweries thing. I am drinking a sockeye beer from here in Boise. I'm drinking the Hell Diver, Pale Ale. There you go. Yep. Uh, th- this movie kind of, the first act kind of ends with their van, the police van, diving into a river and that kind of sends them into hell uh, where they might have already been. So this is I, a movie about some Hell Divers. I like Hell Diver, Jack. I think this is the best you've done in quite some time. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, boys, drinking beers and watching Baskin isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world, including paying up on lost Beers for Fears movies. So, let's cue that sound effect and talk about those. Mm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck! Yeah, How about you, Mark? You got one to talk about this week? I'm all paid up. The only ones that have any movies I'm to watch are YouTube. I'm all <laughs> paid up. Well, Jake, uh, it's a perfect Mark impression, and you I want know. to follow that up with talking about what movies you watched?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I lost uh, the Beers for Fears for Carrie, which that feels like a lifetime ago at this point. But sure It was. Did...
0: I've been very behind on the polls. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> what we did for that particular film, I don't know what the beer I picked was. I'm not going to argue it. Who fucking cares at this point? I'm too tired for that shit. Anyway. It was one of the ones <laughs> you spent
0: like $25 on.
1: Oh my god, yeah, it was. It was that (laughs) barrel-aged sour that cost me like 20 bucks. These dickheads. (laughs) Fuck. Okay, I'm not. I can't do it. I got to be positive. Positivity rules, right? Anyway, <laughs> fuck, man.
0: Ugh, the that po- lasted like a minute. Your positivity lasted like it's gonna a minute last. Of speaking. It's gonna for the, last. For the record, listener, that is the longest I've ever seen him be positive about anything. See, <laughs> See Jack,
1: you can. I'm mean, one step at a time, man. Positivity. Here we go. Anyway, the the poll for this one was other Stephen King movies, and there was a tie between Christine. Everyone knows that one, Killer Car, or whatever. And one called The Lawnmower Man that I'd never even heard of. Oh, fuck yeah. I loved The as a oh, kid. You haven't heard of I've never Sh- heard of it. I know nothing, but I'm not like a Stephen King reader. So whatever. It was total blind spot. So I, I kind of was like picking between the two. And Please I felt like I was going to go Christine Lawnmower. because I hadn't seen that movie since I was a kid. This is one that my parents like. And it's got to be on one of those VHSs that they taped when HBO was free and they were doing that thing. I'm sure it's in the horror repository of theirs. And then I watched the trailer for The Lawnmower Man and (laughs) saw that whole, like, N64 weirdness with Pierce Brosnan and, like, all that shit. Uh, I watched Christine. (laughs) Damn it. But I'm going to give you a first here. I'm going to watch both of these movies. By the next podcast, I'm going to have watched The Lawnmower Man because I was smitten. (laughs) Anyway. Virtual
0: Space Industries.
1: (laughs) It seems insane, and that blocky N sixty four ish graphics. It just seems like a hell of a ride, and I'm gonna need the positivity of something like that one day. So I'm gonna watch it. I promise. Anyway, I watched Christine. Uh, it's different than I remembered it being. I didn't know, like, I didn't know much about this movie. I knew that I'd seen it when I was a kid. I didn't know it was directed by John Carpenter, and you can tell that it's directed by John Carpenter. Man, wow! But this is really what it sounds like, and. B- for the most part, it's what I had expected and remembered. Like it's a movie about a cursed supernatural killer car and it's stupid and it's pretty fun. Like it, it's what you would expect. It's a very high school movie too. So that ties nicely into the whole Christine or oop the whole, uh, but, but, Carrie thing, Carrie, Carrie Christine. <laughs> I mean, come on, the tie is just so close. So, I'm happy I revisited it. It's a little bit more, I guess, than what I was expecting. Uh, especially some of like the physical, the practical that they have with the car—is it like is regenerating? Is it just gets the shit beat out of it? Like this whole movie, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. But you know, it's it's Christine. Everyone knows about it. It's a it's a killer car. Where'd you so, watch it? There yep. you go. Yeah. Did you say where did I watch it? Yes, I did. I rented it on YouTube. Oh, okay. For like three bucks.
0: It's not free anywhere.
1: Ah, uh, not that I found. It might have been on, like, Crackle or one of those things, but I, I'm trying not to get into the whole commercial thing when I can avoid it.
0: And you didn't uh, borrow a VHS tape from your parents and also a VCR from your parents?
1: Hashtag social distancing.
0: They can leave the videotape on your doorstep. No,
1: I didn't ask. I didn't ask. Okay. I was too busy for that shit.
0: <laughs> Solid. I like it, Jake. Well, I also had to watch a classic here to pay up for a lost of beer for fear. Uh, I lost for when we did Dracula. Dracul, the original 1931 Dracula. So I think the theme there on the poll for movies I had to watch was other universal, like, classic monster movies. Essentially, yep. And, yeah. And what ended up winning out was The Creature from the Black Lagoon, like that original 40s one. And uh, so I watched that. I rented it on Amazon. It was like 3 bucks. It does not appear to be free anywhere. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Like, I haven't seen this since I think I was 8 or 9 years old. Boys. This movie fucking rules. Yeah, it does. Holy <laughs> shit. This movie is so fucking good. Not, I mean, starting right away with hunks and babes galore. <laughs> you know who the good guys are because they never wear shirts. Some yep. real old school hunks, a real old school babe just swimming around all the time. And then there's some actually like genuinely creepy scenes like the scene where she's swimming underwater and the creature is swimming underneath her in parallel like upside down mirroring her swimming is genuinely creepy and also kind of beautiful and haunting it's the the creature looks fucking fantastic this movie some problematic stuff about other countries aside is a fucking jam this movie rules it does have a surprisingly woke environmentalism like message though to it if i remember correctly it sure does 1940s of like look we shouldn't be hunting indigenous species and causing things to go extinct maybe this is a bad idea to be here yeah absolutely um and also maybe the basis for indiana jones i'm thinking right a hunky ichthyologist is the star of this adventuring ichthyologist yeah i don't think anyone had ever figured out that people wanted to watch hunky scientists do stuff that's just
1: reality man
0: yeah (laughs) it's it's my life every day so I enjoyed the hell out of this film. I need to get this in the rotation way more frequently. This movie fucking rocks. Um, fantastic. But that's the only one I watched. I think I have one other I got to pay up on. I'll be talking about that uh, very shortly. But for now, let's cue some Scatman. Scatman's world. All right, boys, let's talk about regular rocking horror worlds. And I think we should start with the one we've all got to talk about, right? Or the two the we've two, all got yeah. to talk about. Yeah, a
1: really quick. Yeah, really quick rundown, maybe.
0: Yeah. So look, we were on we've talked about it previously. We were on the Nightmare Junkhead podcast Their into the mouth of March Madness feature where they uh, pit, do a March Madness kind of a bracketology thing of pitting horror movies against each other. Uh, this one from all movies ending with zero. So like 1980, 1990s, 2000 and 2010s and we came on to talk about the movies uh scream three versus final destination yeah we yep. finally talk about them so we had to watch both of those let's dive into it boys uh what did you think of our uh, our appearance on the on the show there there was a lot of fun what did
1: I th- what did I think about it I think it was a blast yeah I think yeah, that, oh my uh, god I'm, I'm super I'm super like happy to talk with uh Greg and genius at any point in time they're incredibly knowledgeable and they're the whole, the whole idea is just so fun, so it's it's a great time as always. But what do I think about the movies?
0: Yeah, let's talk about the movies. Sure. Wow. I, was mostly just um, I mean, look. First off, if you haven't listened to Nightmare Junkhead, go do it. And especially the end of the mouth of March Madness. Listen um, only oh, to the one we're on, and then leave in the comments that they're only listening because A to Z Horror is on there. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> and, and then do also that. download do that. all that that would the other be ones. Be a bad idea. Yeah. That would be a very bad idea. Uh, There's some great. I will also
1: say before we give like a quick blurb on the movies, we have talked about at least one of those on the podcast ad nauseum. You're this is the only March Madness you're going to get this year. There is no tournament. (laughs) that's that's obvious at this point. Like we're all spending a lot of time at home. Maybe you should just follow along with their whole bracket. We were, as Jack mentioned in the 2000 region, I guess it would be of the whole damn thing. And we decided the, what was it? The hateful eight. So what goes on to the final four? Yeah, well, let's not spoil that.
0: Let's not spoil which one won between. No, these we two won't on say
1: which one we picked, but we did watch both movies.
0: Yeah, and it's not just our pick; they were involved too. So, because we are going to talk about those movies, and I have very strong opinions about which one is better than the other one. <laughs> uh, and they are as follows: uh, Scream Three kind of sucks. <laughs> that movie was bad. Wow, <laughs> give it away, huh? Uh, well, like I said, it wasn't just us. I, I mean. It doesn't suck. I wouldn't say it, it sucks. Suck. I, did, I actually quite enjoyed it a, a hell of a lot more than I was expecting, but even in its own right, like it's a, I, I had remembered it as being a okay to good movie, and it was better than I had remembered it being when I watched it. That, I remembered hmm. actively disliking it, and I went in with a sour attitude, and I didn't dislike it as much as I expected it to, but uh, I didn't like it. I haven't seen Scream 4 in a long time, and I need to go back and watch it, but I was sort of impressed with how funny... And intelligent Scream 3 still was? Like, most of the it, jokes are, are are more like meta commentary or whatever. Are still actually they still actually work pretty well. It felt to me like it was missing a step, whereas the original Scream is like pointing out the horror tropes and then doing something clever to subvert them and and comment on them in a meta sense. This one felt like All they're doing is pointing out the horror tropes like, hey, look, isn't this a thing that happens in horror movies? And then it's missing that step of doing something clever with it or commenting on it beyond just this sure is something that happens in horror movies. Which and I was totally fine with the way they ended up doing this. But uh, the whole fact that the exposition of the rules of this version of, of number three are given to you by a character who died in a previous movie under the assumption that he's just making videotapes. We're like, yeah, if this happens a third time. Uh, here are the rules. This is probably how it's gonna go, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jake, how about you? What are your thoughts on Scream 3?
1: I enjoyed it. It felt a little overlong at that point. You could tell, like, I liked it considering what it was without like looking at the fact there's a Scream 4 and there's going to be a Scream 5. I liked the idea that it was intended to be like the end of a trilogy, so that was cool. Uh, but like I said, it felt a little overlong and it. It shows its age in certain ways. I don't disagree with Mark that things like still hold up about it, but I wouldn't common. say that holistic. I would not say that holistically. That's that's what I felt from watching the movie. Yeah. Final Destination, on the other hand, was Ooh. stupid when it came out, and it's still stupid. But that doesn't. But mean it's amazing. Not fun. It's stupid
0: great. I- One last thing about Scream 3. I did wake my wife up. I was watching Scream 3, finishing it late at night. Jake, you and I started watching it together. But I woke her up because I audibly screamed, oh, fuck you, at the TV with the second bulletproof vest, which I'd totally forgotten about. (laughs) Yeah, The the, The double reverse twist. (laughs) Yeah. Somewhere between 1997 and 2000, or 1998, I can't remember when Scream 2 came out, but the creators of that franchise realized that bulletproof vests were a thing, and they were like, oh, yeah, everybody constantly wears four of them. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interject there. I just had to get that because my wife was like, what are you talking about here? But Final Destination, still a fucking jam. We've talked about this extensively on the podcast, but fuck, this movie rules. We have a whole episode dedicated to Final Destination, so I don't know how much we need to rehash it. A little piece of analysis that I'm saving just for this conversation right now, because I thought it was like, too big a piece of analysis to just drop on greg and genius like that what? um but both of these movies do feature gas explosions so really big year for gas explosion kills Ooh, interesting yeah good point <laughs> i also just completely <laughs> forgot to mention that that's pretty oh hard-hitting God. analysis there mark <laughs> yeah that's big why i make the big gas money
1: explosions <laughs> wow
0: Uh yeah, dude. Final Destination's amazing. Going back, I the one thing that continues to get better and better and better the further we get from the year two thousand and the original release of Final Destination is Sean William Fucking Scott. (laughs) Oh my God, that guy rules! (laughs) (laughs) He's so good as Billy. I just the scene where he's like leaning in, he's like, "Don't pass anybody on the right." (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, he's an innocent, lovable
1: Gretzky jersey. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Well it's He's uh, a national to, treasure. You can't you can't talk about him without talking about his performance in Goon, which isn't a horror movie, so we probably shouldn't, but yeah, so we will so not. not. <laughs> so don't <laughs> you can't but do okay, you like movie, I get it like that. We're not gonna do it. All right, so let's move on to other things. We've talked we've watched in the horror world. I got a bunch to talk about, boys. I'm I'm bursting at the seams with things. <laughs> you're yes! bursting into react. the mic with mic with excitement. I'm finally able to fucking talk about the outsider, Mark. Am I allowed to now, Dad? Yes, you are, because you finished it just. <laughs> like on, I Jack, have. Jack. Jack, yes, Jack, 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 yeah, you yeah. need to
1: hold your horses. Oh, sir. no, wa- come on. I want to go first this week. Okay, you go, buddy. Because I have nothing else in addition to the <laughs> pendants that I had to pay. So now we can go uphill from
0: there. Oh, okay, oh. good, 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 good. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I watched The Outsider. I finished The Outsider. I fucking loved this miniseries. It was so fucking good. I agree. On HBO. Yeah, it's on HBO. Um, there's no other way to watch it, as far as I'm aware. It's 10 episodes. They range in time from about 45 minutes to an hour 10, I think, is the longest one. But holy fuck, it's good. Um, I'd read the book same first. I- I'd read the book beforehand. I love the book. It is It is very different than the book. Like They they get a lot of the same themes, same overall plot, but they make a lot of really interesting stylistic choices. And the idea to like make it this whole kind of noir mystery is really, really fucking cool. And... I loved it. Mark, Is you the, hadn't read the book. I had not read the book. Is the book my wife had and she kept sort of commenting on things that were different. Um I actually forgot that my wife had read the book and then there's like one super important scene early on um where it's just it's sort of innocuous the way the scene starts or whatever and then like shit escalates immediately and she was like tapping on my shoulder at the very beginning of the scene she was like hey watch this. Hey pay attention because I was doing something <laughs> on my phone and then the thing happened and I was like what the fuck? Are you psychic? What the hell? And she was like, I read the book. And I was like, ah, yeah, okay, shit. Yeah. Fucking literacy. I will say, the, the the biggest change is the pacing. So, like, the first two episodes encompass, like, almost half the goddamn book. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. F- okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, also, the movie's a lot more just, like, tonal and dark and quiet and plotting. The, the miniseries is. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely true. It's very dark and very plotting. It's not a seat of your pants type thing, except for I mean, towards the end, there's some faster action sequences. But like, uh, yeah, this is this is one where more than once I fell asleep watching an episode and had to w- pick it up again in the morning to to make sure I was up on things. So, Mark, overall, did you like it? Yes, I did. I I did not like it as much as previous uh, HBO things that i watched we just finished the watchmen and obviously i dr- drooled all over chernobyl last year but it's definitely still up there like i liked it a hell of a lot yeah i, I agree it isn't it isn't up to the quality of either of those but it is very 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 good night let I me ask some cool questions up. all right no. buddy. let me ask some
1: questions so i'm gonna play the role of someone who hasn't seen this before who knows nothing about it because good that'll be a stretch for you <laughs> that's who i am right method acting um, I'm I'm gonna method act the shit out of this. So without spoiling anything, can I get a quick synopsis? And don't talk about the book anymore. That fantasy point already happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. So, so I mean, in very broad strokes, it's about like set in a small town, kind of a, a half rural town, and the. uh the the what the main character is is a baseball coach, uh, like a like a kids baseball coach, high school baseball yep. coach, and yep. one of the baseball players, a young kid, I think he's maybe thirteen or something, is uh, found brutally like murdered and slashed to bits and probably raped in the woods, and everything points to it being the baseball coach and he's, like, arrested in front of everyone to make a big show about it. They think they have rock-solid forensics. They do not have rock-solid forensics, it turns out, and it turns into a mystery of what the fuck actually happened here. And that's as far as I want to go without spoiling anything. Mark, did I miss okay. anything? Okay, no, that's good. No, that was basically, yeah, it's, it's very much a gumshoes whodunit-style mystery. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Other... Th- Things that are noteworthy about it, if you are a dyed-in-the-wool Stephen King fan, Holly Gibney is a crossover character from a few other Stephen King stories. She appears in this and is a, plays a very prominent role, which is really neat. And the uh, choice of casting her in the show is really fucking cool and really unexpected. Yeah. Uh, one other piece of information, uh, Jack previously drooled about this on... Uh, one of our episodes, I can't remember which one, but Karen Kusama directs episode number six, I want to say. It is incredibly well put together and interesting. And I honestly like got the number wrong and I was like, huh, I wonder who directed that one because I didn't think it was the one that she did. <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep, it's fantastic. So anyway, uh The Outsider, if you got HBO, definitely check it out. It is a bit of a commitment, and like Mark said, some of the episodes are plotting. I wouldn't really call any of them like too slow, but they are deliberately slow and kind of quiet. Yeah, it's way more yeah, of you a might need dread to
1: be a, than a right. scare. You might need to be a fan of like atmospheric and slow it's slow burn. This slow burn.
0: Definitely have to be a fan of atmospheric shit. This this thing is like almost all atmosphere and mystery. I like it. Okay, I gotta check it out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sweet. The last thing I'll talk about this week is I watched another movie that uh, accidentally watched another Olga Kurylenko horror movie. That's two weeks in a row now. Uh, I watched The Room. Um, from 2019, this is not Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Obviously. Uh, nor is it the Brie Larson movie Room. This I have is... no idea what the fuck this movie is. <laughs> this movie is a 2019 film. I saw it on Shudder. Like, I was just looking for something to watch, and I popped on Shutter, what? and it was the featured movie. Uh, came out last year. It stars Olga Kurilenko and some guy I've never met, I've never seen or heard of before. Um, never met. Never met. Also true. Sure. Yes. Also okay. true, yeah, true. So fuck you. Uh, yeah. This movie is about broad strokes without spoiling anything a couple who. Actually, fuck it. Uh, a, a couple who moves into a house, like in the countryside. They buy what they perceive to be their dream house. They discover a secret room in it. Uh, yes. They find okay. out that the room grants them whatever they want, all the wishes they want. And you'll be surprised to know those wishes go not as planned. Things don't work out great for them from there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the more predictable horror movies I've ever seen in my life. And uh, like the last Olga Kurilenka horror movie I saw, it's fine. It's fine. So she's like a fastball for, it's going to be an okay evening. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it was fine. This one, also, I mean, the first third of the movie when they're like still having fun with the room and getting everything they want is just an excuse to parade Olga Kurilenko around in like the highest cost lingerie and most elegant gowns they could find, which Sold. I was. Sold, I'm that. in. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely wasn't mad at that. And during that whole montage, there are some really cool cinematography things that they do. Like it's so it's a lot of fun. That montage and that part is awesome when they're just <laughs> like drunken parties. Very cinematography all uh, experiments just to highlight the the high priced lingerie some of them are that but also some of them are just like when they get entirely too obliterated on the most expensive champagne in the world uh does some cool shit with that too like Uh. so there's there's some really cool so this one is elevated from the last one i watched a little bit in the cinematography which is really interesting but plot wise very generic very very predictable it was fine Mm. it was fine predictable (laughs) can be okay yeah no absolutely Predictable it- is just fine, and I, I would it- like some
1: predictability right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, then watch this movie. It's on Shutter if you want to watch it. Um, and you know, it's I, there's nothing bad I could say about it. Uh, cool. Mark, what do you got? Uh, well, I have something that was literally rocking my horror world. Uh, Wednesday morning we had a fucking 5.7 earthquake here in Salt Lake City yeah you sure did. did it literally rocked you're right yeah yeah it did um, holy shit that was a fucking crazy day boys <laughs> what a weird experience that was I had never been in a real earthquake before Um, so yeah not too much extra to say there except at the end of that day I was crazy fucking stressed and I wanted to just sort of like chill out and watch a movie so we decided to turn on cabin fever from 2016 which is on Netflix <laughs>
1: That's a choice. That's a choice. And, boys,
0: let me tell you something. This might be the worst movie ever made. (laughs) There's no way. Specifically, the 2016 (laughs) one, the remake of the 2002. The 2002 one was weird, but it was fine. Oh, you watched the remake.
1: I haven't seen that. Yeah,
0: the 2016 one is exceptionally bad. (laughs) I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen the 2016 one. Um, I've heard it's bad. Okay. Oh, my (laughs) God. This movie sucks. <laughs> and for you to what, be saying that. Hey, what about it I have impeccable sucks, taste, thank you. I'm sure you- Uh Yeah, this is among the worst movies I've ever seen. It's terrible. There's no reason for remaking a movie 14 years after it was made in the first place. Well, you better be they, careful there, Mark, because a lot of your favorite they, remakes are pretty much in that time I was just going to say. I was just going to say. <laughs> challenge on that I don't think that's true they dude, they
1: remake like every superhero movie every three years
0: name one time that happened
1: I don't know like anyone spider-man batman it's always the same fucking the only one
0: I'll give you is spider-man with uh whatever the middle guys andrew garfield versus spider-man with the new spider-man mark Mark, great we we have had three different spiders men and two different batmans both well within that 14 year time frame oh dude we've had like six different batsmen Yeah, so so they're remaking all these things all the time. But specifically in the horror world, Mark, you're right. I can't think of any right now, but I'm sure they do it. Okay, well, just sprinkle them in throughout the podcast. I'm sure people will appreciate it. Don't watch Cabin Fever 2016. If you want to watch something (laughs) stupid, watch Cabin Fever 2002. That movie's sort of lovable and weird, but in a also still kind of shitty way. Now, this was the 2016 one was written by Eli Roth, right? That's like all I know about it. Is it? I think so. I thought he did the original one. I think he directed the original one, but I think he wrote this one. I th- The only two things I have on the top of my head about this movie are, I think it's written by Eli Roth, and I think Alexandria Daddario's brother or cousin or something is in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, cannot comment on the second one. I assume the first one is just a, if he did write or direct the original one, I assume he was involved in this one in the same way, basically. Like, he just had his hands in the project, but... Whatever. I've said my piece with it. It's one of the worst things I've ever actually spent time watching. And in a weird way, it was that's almost shocking. exactly what I needed. <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. Just to correct the record here, I did pop a quick Google on it. The original was written and directed by Eli Roth. The 2016 version was written by Eli Roth. He's the main writer credited. Huh. Interesting. So I wonder if they yeah. just, they. okay, I wonder if he like Wait. legitimately rewrote it or they just used the same writing credit from the first what's, one. Yeah, what's the correction, Jack? I, that's exactly what you said the first time. Well, but were we right. weren't. We weren't. Sure. I wasn't sure. I'm just. I'm just. Oh, to, to... You know,
1: I don't think you have to correct yourself. You could have just said, "I'm right." Okay, I'm right. Fuck you,
0: dude. I'm helping you for like the first <laughs> time on the on the air. I'm helping you. I can't. I can't look deeply into your eyes as closely here. That's it's hard true. To, this it's is hard to gauge. I don't like. I don't like this. I'm not. I'm not doing well. <laughs> but hey, we, Mark. When we finished watching Cabin Fever, we decided to put on the movie of the week that we had gotten in the mail, which in our case was something I am super excited to talk to you guys about. We watched the movie Villains. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so this is a weird distribution one. It actually was a DVD and not a Blu-ray. It's kind of weird when you can find ones on Netflix that like don't come to Blu-ray. But this is uh, Bill Skarsgård versus Jeffrey Donovan on screen acting each other's pants off. It's amazing. Hell, yeah, it is. Hell, is it as amazing as it sounds? It is exactly oh. as amazing as it sounds. I had totally forgotten about this movie. Okay, how could yes. you forget about Jeffrey Donovan? I bet you forgot about Aye. Dre too, you motherfucker, you asshole. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, man, get your shit together. So, uh, yeah. Other uh, the, so the other actors in the movie, there's only basically four people: uh, Micah Monroe mm-hmm. from in uh, from It Follows, Fame, yes. and a few other movies, yes. and Kira Sedgwick of Kira Sedgwick Fame. Um, Wait, he
1: was in It Follows. What?
0: No, Kira Sedgwick is a woman from the closer. No,
1: no, 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 no. no. Mike oh, Monroe no, is the I'm woman sorry, yes. from It Follows. I'm thinking, dude, I'm so off right now. I'm I was thinking what's his name? Monroe whatever. No, Monroe Chambers from fucking Turbo Kid and the newer Harpoon <laughs> oh, movie shit. Wow. Monroe, my brain, dude, I'm I'm short-circuiting all over the place. <laughs> Just ignore me for the rest of the podcast. At least I fixed it.
0: Jake has been social distancing for so long now that he's literally completely forgotten how to interact with other humans. Yes turns out it only takes five days uh so to get back to villains from 2019 this had been basically the top of my list of movies to watch and the only reason i didn't rent it was because i knew i could get it relatively low cost through netflix in the mail and it finally came and we finally watched it and i mean i love jeffrey donovan i'll defend that guy to the death everything he does is gold including blair Witch. book of Uh, shadows well well, one blemish on his otherwise stellar record um, but you know who really steals the <laughs> show here is, and this shouldn't surprise anybody, but Bill Skarsgård turns in a fucking performance, man. That guy oh, rules. Oh, yeah, he's a
1: good actor, it turns out? Yeah, wow. I guess. interesting, weird, He right? can do
0: things other than just be a creepy clown. Huh. Um, the, so, I would say, actually, the story in this movie is, meh, it's alright, right. but, uh, the the chemistry between the different pairs of people, and you get sort of like weird combinations of everybody throughout the movie, is what you should watch this for. the 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 competitive like performance aspect of this movie is I couldn't tear myself away. It was it was phenomenal. I want ninety minutes of just Jeffrey Donovan and Bill Skarsgård talking to each other. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's well, and you get it mostly in this movie. Oh um, yeah, highly recommend it. It's a shitload of fun, and actually one one of the things that I appreciate about movies every once in a while is when I get a new song out of it that I like uh and this one actually had a pretty decent mo- song that goes out the well, the credits are fucking weird. It's like this weird punk song with crazy cartoon but the but the immediately the thing immediately prior to that as the credit like as they're moving toward the credits or whatever is this like kind of like soft rock ballad thing um called Safe Travels by Redding Hunter. I have not doved, divin further into that category thing there but Div-ed. nailed it d- daved. Uh but yeah, I I love that song Safe Travels by Redding Hunter. It's I don't know. I I always appreciate that as like a little bit of extra icing on the cake when I can Redding R E D D I N G. Yep. <clears throat>
1: love it. I can spell. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Do oh, that. Yeah, one. Yeah, buddy. So there you go. That, hey, one, that was villains. Hey
0: Hey Mark? Yes. Glad you're okay, buddy. Hey, thanks, yeah. I was actually <laughs> at a stoplight in my car when the when the earthquake rolled through, so I, there is literally oh, no weird. safer place you could be. uh The only right. thing that I felt was sort of like I kind of felt like my engine was about to like fall out of my car, which my car's <laughs> relatively old it wouldn't it, it wouldn't surprise me too much if that happened at this point, and that was my first thing that my brain went to, and then I noticed that the uh the stoplights, the semaphores were fucking bouncing around like they were at a rock concert, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's definitely an earthquake. <laughs> Wow, shit. All right. Well, on that note, should we go to the feature presentation? Yeah. Why not? It's bobsled time! Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2015's Baskin, maybe 2016. I think it came out in the States in 2016. Either way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The the mid... The mid-naughties, let's say. Uh, Baskin, which is a Turkish horror film. I think we erroneously said it was Iranian a couple of no, weeks we ago, didn't. but either no, way. No, we didn't. No. Uh, def- definitely not, no. Certainly not recorded. Um, but either way, I picked this movie, and I don't think either of you guys had seen this before. Correct? No, I, I knew about it, though. Yeah, I mean, we covered this on HRR in one of the first HRRs. Yeah. I yep. should go back and see what we said about that. That should have been something I did as part of our research segment. Oh, I, I did. I, I went and saw what we said about it. Ooh, you should enlighten us. Uh, yeah, so I said, Jesus Christ, this looks like one of the scariest movies ever made. If I watch this, I might never sleep again. Uh, Jake said he's heard about this. It's already making waves, and it looks like pretty good. Mark, you said this does not look good. I don't like movies where they open the gates of hell except Event Horizon. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you talked about how they don't really open the gates of hell out of Red Horizon. They just teleport there and back. Yeah, you, go, you get so, past the gates. The gates so stay March's closed. <laughs> Which is, I would say is more akin to what actually happens in this movie. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> what actually ha- Okay. Oh, we're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
0: Jake's gonna, uh, Jack's going to have about 30 seconds to tell us what happened in this movie. Oh, good luck, dude. Oh, my God. Fuck me. Luck. I don't even get to do my fun joke about skipping it this week. Oh, um, my God. You can still anyway, try. I'd... S- I'd seen this twice before. I watched it the first twice. time on a whim. Yeah, cause, and I was too drunk to properly take in everything that was happening the first time, so I watched it a second time. I, I got to tell you, morning. getting drunk and watching a movie that has subtitles is one of the worst choices anyone can make in Absolutely. their life. Absolutely. And this one in particular, and I was being hungover. Gone.
1: Dude, I I mean, I when I watched this, uh, the most recent drink of alcohol that I'd had was probably I don't know three days prior and I felt too drunk to watch
0: this (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, either way I picked this movie so somebody get 30 seconds on the goddamn clock so I can hit us with a 30 second plot synopsis Jack clock's gonna start when you start A young kid wakes up to his mom having sex and then he goes to look for it but then he can't find anything. It's all red and an arm reaches out. Then we cut to black and we open on a bunch of police officers in a restaurant and shit's going wrong. They're dickheads. Then they leave and they almost crash into a guy. They find some frogs. They crash into the river. Then they wake up in hell and then there's a weird creepy guy who's the devil and he's torturing them and then they go back to the restaurant several times and then eventually one of them has to pull a key out of the other guy's throat when they're back in the restaurant. He plugs it into the devil's head. The devil dies and then he gets caught in a time Time. loop and hits himself with his own car. You're really sped up, I guess. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Considering at 10 seconds, you had just gotten past the part before the fucking title
0: card. The cold (laughs) open. (laughs) The two minute long cold open. (laughs) Yeah, that's important. That's where all the story happens, kind of, except none of the story (laughs) happens. Yeah, this movie is a weird one.
1: Um, Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Accurate, yeah. we'll, accurate. We'll correct. get
0: into it. Do we want to talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into? Oh, Pass. weird.
1: You said weird, right? Weird uh, it, is weird. One? Uh, Do we have no? A it's it's of not. Weird? I think what that would actually fit into, and we don't have a category. But hey, what the hell? Uh, surrealism, surrealist horror. there sure. there are there are a number of movies that could fit into that that we probably haven't attributed to it before. Like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which I recently watched. This is surrealist as fuck, dude. Yes, it is.
0: Believe it or yep. not, surrealism slash surrealist is on our list because oh, I just added yeah. it ten seconds ago. Oh, <laughs> oh <Dick>. shit! <laughs> ah. uh, foreign, also foreign. Duh. Foreign. Accurate. Yep. Independent for sure. This was made on a very small budget. Do we have? I
1: mean, gore slash torture has to be on the list by now. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's not splatter, but it is torture porn or gore or something like that. Yeah, those P, are on
1: there, dude. P. Yep.
0: Uh, um, supernatural, definitely supernatural. It's also, I'd say, religious. Uh, not from one of the traditional Judeo-Christian religions, but Zoro- Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. Yeah. yeah, it's very heavy on all of that imagery and fully dependent on it. So, yeah, uh, that's. I'd say it's a religious horror movie in that way. And I got nothing else. I mean, yeah, it's basically uh, you're 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 diving into hell. You're hell diving. So you know, from all <laughs> exactly. those things
1: that we just talked about, you can assume that this was a really easy watch.
0: and then just also remember that it's in thick turkish that they speak about as fast as a gilmore girls episode yeah
1: before we even get started i'm just going to go on record and say that this is the most challenging movie we have watched for this podcast not even fucking close this is way more challenging than anything else we've watched explain what you mean
0: because like you actually do want to pay attention to it and you have that's hard to do because like I'll it tell was- you, this was way easier than like the Gaspar No flicks to get through. Not climax, but this presents
1: many things that are challenging. It is, it is hard. It's opaque in its level of surrealism. It is a foreign movie with subtitles, so you have to read to begin with. There, It is foreign, and there are parts of this that are obviously cultural references that you aren't going to be able to get. There are religious references that you also aren't going to be able to get, and it doesn't necessarily feel the need to explain anything to you either in its indiness. It is a challenging watch. Oh, also, there's the whole torture
0: part, which is challenging in another way for a lot of people. So there, challenging For sure. There's also something about, like, even... So, certainly all the Latin-based languages you can watch and kind of get a vibe for at least how a (laughs) a, a sentence phrase goes, right? You understand what a sentence sounds like. And even now, I think, at least I've seen enough Japanese stuff to at least understand how a sentence in Japanese is supposed to sound. Like, what the traditional structure is, even if I don't understand anything they're saying. But Turkish is a language where I have no idea, like what a phrase sounds like, what a sentence is supposed to. It's just so jarring to hear a language and so foreign. It's or crazy. even or even what a combination of letters sounds like, like when just when someone's saying somebody's name, the thing that is printed in the subtitle versus the thing that is verbalized by the person on screen are two wholly different things. And I don't know if I've ever heard the sound come out of another yeah. person's mouth that is. I'm created. certain I couldn't say the sound. Yeah. There's also things where. Their, um, the subtitle said the same word three different times, and the person made three sounds, and, and those sounds did not sound at all the same to me. <laughs> so it's like really hard to have any orientation to what's going on. I agree. One other thing I'll add here, I think I was going to throw this into nitpicks or does metal or something like that later, but l- look, listener, I think of myself as a relatively intelligent person. I read and do this other stuff, but I'm a pretty slow <laughs> reader. Uh, and there were multiple times throughout this movie where I had to pause and rewind because they're talking so fucking fast that I couldn't keep up with the goddamn subtitles. Your reference to the Gilmore Girls was spot on. That's like what I imagined it'd be like to not be a native English speaker and then turn on a fucking episode of the Gilmore Girls and be like, Jesus, what? (laughs) There's like six (laughs) lines of dialogue at all times just doing a Star Wars (laughs) scroll at like full speed. Or like a Diablo Cody movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my, oh my God. God. It was. I don't know. You guys. You guys are faster readers than I am. I've always had. I. I'm still one of the people who sounds out the words in my brain when I read. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I'm a pretty slow reader. But yeah, but, that was yeah, that no, was a this, problem for me in this one. This is a challenging watch. <laughs> you know, said it right, Jake. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah but right. let's talk about what this movie does right, boys. Practical effects. Effects in general. Yep. The effects in general. Everything. I mean, not just the practical effects are great, but just the cinematography and the use of light and color and darkness. This movie is dark, but not I, I compared it to, I was thinking a lot about The Void on this rewatch yeah, because The Void is a movie that. that is like super super dark but it it seems obvious that they're using that to hide like a lack of effects for the whole thing and it, it's kind of irritating how dark it is. This one it feels like an artistic choice to, for the darkness in everything. I and mean, the they show you up. everything that would otherwise be hidden by the darkness. Like yeah, maybe someone's hidden in one scene and then you see that person like one scene later and they're fully illuminated You're like, "Oh yeah, they did they did they did yeah, the work. Yeah, they don't they don't do any of that.
1: I thought about the the void a lot too during this one I'm not I'm not sure if it had something to do with like the descent and the indiness and the general time frame in which it came out, but I got that vibe. It was kind of like that mixed with like a last shift sort of thing. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um I agree with you. you kind, we're kind of like bringing two very large topics together when when you say Jack like cinematography and things like that and Mark saying specifically practical effects. And I wanted to gush about the way in which they like utilized and just realized set design. Like this thing is a very, it's incredible to look at really. Like the, yes. I think that the the practical is great. The sets are great. Props are great. Cinematography is really, really spot on and it utilizes all of that. Well, like I was flabbergasted actually. I expected yeah. this to be a lot more simplistic and that's not a bad thing, but Jesus, I don't know what the budget was. I started looking for it, and uh, I couldn't find
0: it. Pretty low, is uh, what I understand. I saw $350,000 What total. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Wow. <laughs> Listener, you can't tell, but Jake is literally stunned. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it. And It's like, fascinating.
1: You know, there, there's one... I This is the time to talk about it. I hate that it feels like we're going too quickly here, but I, I put it in middle, but it is in middle because... It creates a feeling um, with the main... With uh, Father, or Baba, Baba. whatever. Um, Some of the touch-ups that they did to to make him look the way that he did were in his forearms, and you can kind of see that in post. And that looks weird in the way in which 300 looks weird, which kind of adds to the surrealism in this aspect. So it noticeably is weird, but it kind of fits the movie. I just think that that, I had to mention it now because it fits what we're talking about, that general topic. So, yeah. Anyway, overall, this thing looks ridiculous.
0: So to bring it back to the the thing that I wanted to start with, (laughs) the practical... Yeah, so (laughs) under practical effects, I had written a bunch of things down, but the first two, the first one was sets, because you're right, the set design is pretty incredible. And one of the weird things this movie does well that Jack constantly argues with is like the just the sense of place and how things are connected and i feel like this movie actually does a really good job of sort of building that map in your head of like where they're coming from in order to get to different places and how to escape and like where staircases go and shit like that
1: i was highly confused so
0: I mean, I was confused, but I agree with Mark that it does set a sense of place really, really well. That diner or restaurant, whatever they're in, feels like such Limbo. a specific place. Off in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. That road feels so isolated. The abandoned building feels like such a specific thing. Each piece feels so well actualized. Oh, no, I and agree. And then, yeah. It's just it how, feels- how they
1: get from one to the other. I don't fucking know, but it I don't It feels really appropriately care. disorienting
0: exactly yeah, yeah yeah I mean it's 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 the gates of hell you, yeah. you're probably not supposed to know exactly where you are yeah, yeah but yeah, it, it does sure. all at least feel of the same world and, and it does feel like as you progress deeper in like things get worse which uh, is probably yeah. important the other one I had I had highlighted which is not something we talk about frequently on this podcast but the costumes in this movie are fucking awesome insane yes, <laughs> yes. holy yes. crap this is the movie that silent hill should have been Oh, oh my okay. god, yeah. Okay. The, I could see that. The the just faceless, nameless people crawling around in this abandoned house are terrifying. The most
1: impactful one to me was I I don't even know what to describe the character as, but it was the to Papa's like short what he was, uh it was like the tall, lanky woman with like the hand thing oh, going the, on.
0: What was there's a really good credit for that on the IMDB page. Uh the Master Creep. Oh yes, then yes, is that the one-eyed thing—the thing with like the thing covering one of its eyes? Yeah, that keeps playing with its hair and like twirling its hair around <laughs> with yeah, its like Jesus. weird Freddy Krueger claws. Yes. Yeah, and most of that is the costume. Yeah, good, good point, Mark. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, you have the the weird nurses and butchers running around blindfolded. Uh, the the I don't know what to call it. I'm just gonna go with sex creep. Uh, yes the ho- the the <laughs> b- behorned thing yeah the woman exactly. in the goat mask the, yeah the, the goat thing uh to, to call back to the stories of losing your virginity in the first part of the movie i everything that this movie does relating to painting the picture of what at least an early layer of hell is it does damn near perfectly Oof, man yeah it's it's beautiful to look at and most of that is practical and Mark like you said the costumes are are fantastic and even the officers feel of a place I have no no frame of reference to know if that's realistic (laughs) or not but they at least feel of a place
1: yeah I don't know what that place is either like I don't know I don't know if we joined this movie in the living world to be perfectly honest with you but they felt appropriate their experience felt I don't know as appropriate as it could have I suppose
0: yeah, for sure. Um, what else do we think this movie did alright, boys? And I, I want to talk about just, I think it's really interesting how opaque this movie is. I think this is the perfect example of having written a much greater backstory than you're showing the audience. It's kind of a reverse J.J. Abrams. It's not like, <laughs> here's a mystery and I don't know the answer. Yeah, fuck it. What, here's a show. Watch it. This feels be-
1: like... Oh, go ahead, Jake. No, I was gonna. I totally agree with you. I'd be interested to see what someone who is Turkish or I, just like what do you what do you feel about this movie? How do you take it in if you have less of the barriers that we as a very Western audience have going into it? Right? Because I still think it's gonna be like when we watch a movie and we were like, this movie didn't feel the need to explain itself. It left a lot open ended. It's very surreal. Like all of that's gonna stay, but then. There's kind of, like, this weird elevation to it when you're like, this is so foreign on top of that, too, right? <laughs> right. This exceptionally
0: right. foreign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I had the—this is the most foreign I've, like, felt while watching a movie. It just felt completely shocking to me how how disoriented I was the whole time. And that ultimately is
0: something that it did right because I feel like that's exactly how I wanted to make you feel. Just for this specific instance, um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to add a subcategory to Foreign called Exceptionally Foreign. Thank I you. I like it. Yeah. I like it. That's good. That's a good add. I do want to plug at this point, uh, Modern Horrors, like way back around the time this came out, I think they were doing that Fright Logic series where they were yeah. explaining horror movies in like a yeah. really produced, cool, five-minute YouTube videos. They do have an awesome episode on this movie in particular. It was well done. It was really well yeah. done. Yeah. And in my... my you know, whatever research I did after that about Zoroastrianism, it appears to be all correct, everything they said. And so all that shit adds to the whole mythos of this movie, which is really cool, which is like cool just from a face level. If you know nothing about it, it's, it's a cool mystery that does feel more realized than you're able to perceive. But then if you know that little bit more about Zoroastrianism, which is where like, there is a character who's supposed to toil for 10 years until he defeats the devil and saves everyone around him. And he's
1: reborn in water and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all on follows the nose when you see that, but yeah, it's but it's like also a- even cooler.
0: Like it's still opaque, but but really cool that they're following those parallels. Awesome, yeah, yeah, right, agreed. It's it's kind of like when you learn that the Lion King is just Hamlet or whatever. Is the Lion King when you Yeah, the Lion, or, King le- yeah, the Lion King's just Hamlet. Yeah. It's Hamlet. Yeah, uh, Bring It On is just Taming of the Shrew. Uh, is it, I think is it bring it? It's not Bring It On. It's uh, I just I just Janae just made me watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not uh, Bring It On. It's one of the ones where they make the the nerdy girl pretty and then take her to prom. Yeah, it's definitely not Bring It On. Uh, bring It On is another one though. Oh, Shakespeare a wrote a lot pretty. about cheerleaders. I think you'll find. <laughs> bring It On is just girl. Romeo and Juliet. I I uh, this is a really small one, but the this movie does not use a lot of music, but the random industrial techno thing that comes in when Arda kills Baba with the key is fucking
1: awesome. Well, that's... So that's at the very start of the movie. There's, like, that synth that kind of, like, it's pulsating synth that is... We've seen it in horror. And it's the movie starts like that, and I'm like, I... It's not what I was expecting. Then it goes away completely. I'd almost forgotten about it. And then it comes back. You have that same sort of build and then it goes haywire when he's killing Baba. It was I thought that was awesome. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you can I, go okay. like way overboard with musical cues like that. I did not yeah. think they did that. It was fucking cool.
1: I thought I-, I thought that was what it was gonna be like because it was at the very beginning, and I'm so happy that I forgot about it because it would have made up for a weird tone, I think.
0: I had to put the music and what the movie does middle for the sole reason. The dance the break, the synth. No, no. Oh, the okay. so, I loved the dance break. I fucking <laughs> love the dance break. No, the sole reason is that the synth chord progression that opens that song, while very different from what it, the song I'm about to talk about ends up being, the synth progression is precisely day bow bow. Those three notes <laughs> are what immediately precedes day day bow bow bow. Yeah. and it, the wow, wow, Dude, I, I'll put them side by side for you. The okay. synth chord progression is so pre- side by side precisely for me. the same. Do it. Oh, so, my God. So side by side for you.
1: Okay, Jack, do it.
0: Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Everybody pause. Jack, do it right here. Here's Baskin, a little after an hour and 11 minutes. And here's Oh Yeah by Yellow also known as DeBowBow. Fuck you, Mark. God damn it. Now you have to do it. You said you were going to do it. You have to fuck I said I was going to do it for you, Jake. I know, but I'm a
1: surrogate for the listening public. (laughs) Okay, well, it will be spliced in, but it is... (laughs) I don't
0: know if the listening public appreciates you calling yourself the surrogate for them. (laughs) Take <laughs> the man of the people, you, Mark. Are you saying you should be Mark? Uh,
1: yes, sure. Do you want on. to MMA me? Is that
0: what's happening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, do that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I loved the music. I thought it worked really, really well. It's all really cool. Mark, I agree with you. It's not too much, but it did send me... Throttling out of paying attention to the movie because it sounded exactly like Day, Bow, Bow. It does. It does. It does. Like definitively change the tone of things when you're oh, like, yeah. he is in hell fighting a representation at least of Satan or Satan himself. I'm not really sure. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there's ju- it's just like techno violence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm given to understand that the Baba character is more of a, a boogeyman type in Zoroastrianism, not quite literally Satan, but equivalent. sure. I like- mean. Very, very bad. Yeah. Um, um, one other thing I want to throw on here is uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with editing to describe this. I I would say in general the storytelling in this movie is better than the story of this movie. They do I fully agree with that. They do a really incredible job of sort of like capturing the descent and the, the dreamlike surrealism. Just to borrow what Jake has already been saying for most of the the podcast so far. Uh, and making it sensible. When you it, it, initially, it's a little jarring when you're like, when they crash the van, and all of a sudden they cut back into a, a diner, and you're like, "What the fuck? How did they get here? What's going on?" And then as they repeat that and edit the movie throughout the rest of the journey, it begins to make more and more and more sense. And they show the Grim Reaper in the background, and show all the changing things, and there's like blood coming off the table and all their stuff. Like the way that's all. Sp- put together, obviously each scene itself is well constructed and well shot, but like the editing itself and how they cut between those things is key to making this not a giant pile of confusing bullshit. Yep.
1: I agree. Do the first time did that cut happen when they crashed the van initially. I legitimately thought that my stream skipped forward like some undetermined <laughs> amount of time. I went like, back, like you said, on your Roku remote and skipped ahead three chapters. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> seriously, I was like, oh fuck, like don't look, move back. What's happening? Because it was so abrupt, and then I realized that no, that was totally intentional. So, yeah, yeah it's Mark, it, it was it was instance. jarring. It was
0: initially something I had written down and does wrong. Uh, Mark, until you crystallized that thought for me. It. You crystallized that thought for me perfectly. That the the storytelling is a lot better than the actual story. That's that's a really good way to put that. However, while I am gonna build you up like that, I also gotta tear you down because I previously oh, had God. a really cool transition that you ruined. Uh, that's not tearing me down. That's just I beat you to it. Fuck you for ruining it. No, no, not to that. <laughs> I had a transition to talking more about the dance scene in the van. Oh yeah, well let's do it, man. Okay, that is acutely what the movie does right. I love that. First off, I think it's really humanizing. I think it really helps you in a, like, that's a culturally transcendent humanizing scene. I love it. It's just like they're having fun it- on the night shift. Night shifts get weird. You do, like, I, that okay, to me I just makes it. it so identifiable. I loved that scene. However, that song, and I have no idea what that song is, has the exact same synth as Steve Miller <laughs> bands Fly Like an Eagle. And now I understand that I'm going to have to splice that in right here, but that was precisely the same synth as Fly Like an Eagle. Here's Baskin at about the 20 minute mark. And here's Fly Like an Eagle by the Steve Miller Band. Wait, hold on. Jack, Jack. Splice it in right. Here, I'm gonna do it well before that, just to fuck see, with now, you. Now just to fuck he, on you.
1: He's trying to delegate. See,
0: <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I thought that dancing was a really cool way, and I don't know if they were intending to like make the humanize these characters to international audiences, but that was the effect it had on me. Anyway. Do you think so? Do you think that, I- that was the effect? Listen, uh, that was what, them to I do not audience. think this movie was shot with the ideology of oh, trying to make it not. palatable to international audiences. Yeah, I, I don't that think was... they gave a fuck about international audiences. <laughs> but audience. the effect that had on me was to identify much more with those characters, you know despite a language barrier.
1: You know what my experience was with that scene? was I was like paying attention to the lyrics, and I had this whole journey that I went on where I was I had to start thinking about how weird it is to listen to a song in a language that you don't understand and read the lyrics. And yeah. its I was like, reading the,
0: this, the lyrics to this song suck. <laughs> well, okay, here's what I always get so fascinated by, and sometimes I'll pick up on it in French. But the uh-huh. lyrics, the, the written lyrics in English rhymed. Two times in that. Yes. Not yeah. all the time, but yeah. two times. i like, is that... That's like. I think that's that,
1: coincidental, probably. That, I yeah, don't that think is, so.
0: That is well done uh, translation, because I can guarantee you the word-for-word translation is not what mm. was in there. Yes. I think I'm having déjà vu right. I don't
1: think I'm having déjà vu. I am having déjà vu. I think that's what we call or, trans. Are you
0: having déjà vu of having déjà vu? No, we've I we've am. talked about this. We I have. think it's trans- on this podcast and then I before. said it's
1: transcreation, not translation. Yeah. I work in this area.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where you <laughs> take a little vu. bit of creative license yeah. in order to yeah, make yeah. it rhyme or to make, make it sense. to make
1: it feel culturally to yeah,
0: culturally. throw it. in some yeah. colloquialisms or some bullshit. context. 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 Yeah. yeah. I like that. That was that was neat. I think that's that's the last thing I had Superbly in the movie weird. does
1: hard right. Oh, yeah. We can go to middle. Your uh, favorite category.
0: I'll tell you, the two things I had in middle we've already talked about. They talk too fast and there's a weird dance break in the middle of a van they, for some They reason. talk too fast. <laughs> <laughs> they do talk too fast. I mean, look, that that also isn't just a cultural thing. They talk too fast in the fucking Gilmore Girls, too. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, it's fine. I mean, t- two of the things that I had in the middle we talked about too. One was that I mentioned it during the discussion on effects, the way they kind of like digitalized or touched up uh Baba's arms in that was the part that I particularly noticed. Uh was odd, but so, it felt fitting. Is he not that buff? Cuz he is. His, no, his forearms no. were his forearms were Popeye though. Like it but was he, like his yeah. upper arms were like normal and then his forearms were crazy.
0: Mark, um I googled some pictures. Of that guy, that dude is jacked up. He's like really short, but that dude is jacked up. Yeah. I yeah, almost, not, like, I don't know. I'm not sure. There's that much. No,
1: they, they, they touched. It. No, his four, his forearms are not that buff in comparison to the rest of him. His forearms aren't a balloon at the at the end of his elbow. <laughs> okay. Like that's Fair not enough. what that looks like. That's not what humans look like. Um, although he is a perfect fit for that character. Like, he, he's got like what a, a find.
0: Yeah, he's got like a Javier Botet thing going on, right? Where he's a good actor and also physically really interesting looking. This is his
1: first and only acting role. He'd never done it before.
0: He had done it like a miniseries thing. thing.
1: Yeah, like this... Okay, so whatever. This is his by far most prominent then. But he 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 played Gear
0: in Daryllis Ertugrul. Thanks, (laughs) Mark. Cool. Good work, Mark. Good ad. Good
1: ad. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) he was great. We probably should have mentioned him what the movie does right because he did a fucking... Knocked it out of the goddamn oh, park! Job. Yeah. He is,
0: and, and it would be easy to overplay that character, but he is so fucking creepy. Just yeah. that smile—that's like just shy of a grin. Oh yep. god, he's so creepy. Yeah, I guess we, that's, we should at least attempt to pronounce his name. Uh, if anyone, I, okay, I'll try. If anyone wants I'll, to take a step, I'll try.
1: It, I'll try it. I'll try it. Mehmet Saraglu.
0: Okay, pretty good. That's probably correct. That's probably vastly off, but it, I'm willing to admit that I'm trying. <coughs> C's, C's are impossible to predict in those like middle European and
1: Western Asian languages. One thing but, that I know, one thing that I noticed when I was watching is that everything felt like it was happening faster. So I tried to pronounce it in a way that seemed faster than in
0: how I'd want to say it. So I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, anyway, I'm he willing was great. to bet you at least got the Americanization version of Mehmet, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I put money on that's that. How you say it? Yeah, yeah. Doctor Mehmet Oz. Yeah. Notable asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Notable, asshole. Notable guy who's actively trying to kill whole swaths of people. My god, yeah, what a chode.
1: Anywho, I want to talk about one other thing that I had in What the Movie Does Middle. This felt in a lot of instances like a stage play, and I, I am wondering if that makes any sense to you guys before I try to explain it.
0: So, I, we've talked about this before, where something feels theatrical instead of cinematic. I didn't get that vibe from this. I'm wondering if that's what you're talking about here. The one uh, thing it I go more... back to frequently with this type of analysis is ghost story or a ghost or whatever the hell that movie was called ghost stories. The one with not the yeah. one with Casey Affleck, the one with uh, yes. Simon Pegg. He's in that, right? No, no Martin you're Freeman. thinking Martin, Martin
1: Freeman's in one segment of it. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: yes, I guess I kind of like see it change. the way they're doing the set design, but I don't, yes. I'm curious yes. where you're going to yes. go.
1: Yes. No, that was exactly it. It didn't feel like it quite as much at the start, but then as it progressed, um, I really started to notice when they were in the basement and they were chained up. And the way that is laid out and the way that it is shot is such... And this might have just been that they had, like, a certain amount of cameras, and so they utilized them, and then they edited it together, and this is what you got. But it definitely felt like you had everyone in front of you looking back on what was admittedly, like, a super cool set with, like, the the people who followed Baba and the stairs that went up into that blue light above. Yeah. You've got to show that, but it feels like a theater set. And then as I started to see like more and more of like the loop de loop that they did uh, with the road and the car, like all of that then started to feel a little bit like the same thing. And so as Mm. they did that cycle a few times and the restaurant, as they did that cycle a few times, it was like, we're back to this set. And that started to feel like a stage play to me, and that's, that's actually, not a bad thing. But
0: that's a that's a really good point because I mean, a the, the at the beginning you're in the diner. Diners are classic like theatrical sets; those are easy enough to shoot. But then the other one that just clicked right now as you're talking through this is the scene that they're at the fire pit or whatever on the on the outskirts of hell when they're meeting the people who are collecting frogs. Yeah, like that is that's a very that By was a bridge. very theatrically blocked yeah. and shot scene. So uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. That, that felt very noticeable to me as
1: it didn't it didn't feel noticeable until halfway through and then it felt extremely noticeable and I realized that it was the same things that I'd already seen so it was interesting to me yeah anyway I put it in the middle because that's not necessarily what you're looking for in a movie but it worked it's kind of like the overall thing that I was saying about it in general being a challenging movie and all of that like it it works
0: it's too smart for us (laughs) for sure that's
1: I mean that's abundantly clear at this point we're an hour (laughs) in
0: yeah the o- the only thing I didn't does middle was the sound thing that I already talked about so right <laughs> cool, so let's get on to does wrong then yeah, I really only have one big thing to talk about here, and it's it's where the budget shines through like it's where you you can start to see the seams. Of, of their small budget, and I think the best example I can point to of this, it's, it's all when people interact either with the background or with specific props. You can kind of like see exactly how things were made or, or what's happening, and the best example I can point to it is after Baba pulls the guy's intestine out, he then starts winding it. In his hand, like a rope, like a—it's not even like a rope. Like it's a an extension a fucking, cord. It's made of an extension cord. It's obviously made of an extension cord. He has yeah, to like yeah. twist it a little bit to get it yeah. to fall the right way. Hey, it's man, just like whatever. Yeah, which I mean, still cool, but like it's, yeah. it's 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 stuff like that that like breaks the illusion a little bit. And there's just sure. a few instances where I don't know how to get around it. Maybe a different take. Maybe just not use. I I don't know. But but there's a few different instances of people interacting with things that make you see that it's not really like that. You see through it. I
1: felt that the intestine scene was by far the most prominent of those because you could even see like on the actor, like the casing that they put on front of him that made it work. But I kind of like that too. Like they're still showing it to you. They're like, fuck it. We're going to make
0: this and we're going to do it. And it's going to be fun. My, yeah, I, I'm not talking about the, the thing they shoved on the guy's stomach. I'm talking specifically about when they interact with things that make it clear, like, oh, that's an extension cord. I my brain did some that whole gymnastics like, when they were doing Mark, that scene where he's he's wrapping it around, where I was just like, okay, he no longer has the intestine. That's not the intestine. That's, like, just a random tendon or piece of viscera that came with it that he grabbed onto, and that's what he's playing with. <laughs> I, so for whatever reason, that that's the built-in protection mechanism of my own brain. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, that's the only thing I've had that it does hard wrong. And there's a few different instances of that, but the intestine one that is an extension cord is the, the most obvious to me. I had two things that it does wrong. The first one's super minor, so I'm just going to blow right by it. I, this was one I'd written down early before the movie actually happened. Uh, so, I don't know, you can weigh in if you like. But man, what a shift in demeanor happened in the restaurant where they're like, okay, we're just going to get out of here. And then all of a sudden, the boss guy rolls back and he's like, no, we're going to fucking fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get the, yeah. The, Or the guy tells the happy, funny story that's like intentionally comedic and then the guy walks up sort of chuckling. He's like, what, are you laughing? I'm going to fucking See, kill you. <laughs> I chalked that up to a cultural thing, right? I mean, Where he maybe. tells a story about having sex with a at least female identifying person with a penis and then like but he's self-deprecating when he tells the story and then the way he's like what he what he saying I'm gay, but uh I chalked that up to a cultural thing. I guess. I don't know. The the whole diner scene at the first part is the the dialogue just doesn't make any sense and you're probably right it is just a cultural thing but as far as just watching the product they're, that's they're, put on screen it's it's meh.
1: they're betting on soccer man messi's gonna score it's fine well yeah always betting bet on, on, on spanish scoring. premier
0: league soccer in two sure. in 2015 <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nice time capsule in that way. I I don't care for the only word I was able to identify them say consistently was Barcelona, and Barthelona. just because of the way they speak, it's very yeah. prominently Barcelona. But I know that as a thing, asshole Americans say. Well, Barcelona <laughs> is like the
1: over-enunciated way in which the Catalans would say it. They definitely go th instead
0: of th. Oh, yeah, and and that's probably that's probably not an asshole way to say it in Turkish. I just that as the only word I can actually identify, yeah. I well <laughs> reminded yeah, of yeah. assholes here it's yeah here it's Th- yeah. Oh, no. here it's the person who spent two weeks after their senior year of high school in spain and thinks that they're like uh, now they're an ambassador to the whole country yeah yeah, yeah.
1: they're cool because they know that they pronounce it slightly differently in different parts of the country whoa mm. yeah. you get
0: back from a vacation to london and start talking about your flat <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and the and the local lorries walking driving around
1: <laughs> I'm gonna walking take a lift. Around.
0: <laughs> walking around on their wheels Transformers style. (laughs) Whatever. This is probably a bad take.
1: This is probably Probably, all.
0: It probably is, but whatever. It was something that hit me weird. The other one. So I I winked at this earlier. This movie is good at storytelling, but it is not totally great at the story side. There's a lot of weird loose ends, and that's fine in a movie like this where it's supposed to be opaque. It's supposed to be sort of confusing and hard to understand beyond just being an exceptionally foreign film like that. You're not supposed to comprehend hell. If you can comprehend hell, you should talk to somebody about that. But like, Like there's God, there's the archbishop. There's just opaque symbolism built into this one. And after a few, after multiple, there's just like a multi-car pile up in my brain of things that I didn't understand after a little while. Like what is the key symbolically and physically when did they actually die? Is the diner at the beginning yep. of the movie them dead or not? Because he there's the Dream Reapers behind the dude. guy in the bathroom. Uh, what's the deal with the childhood friend and the dream, but the childhood friend is actually old, but then it's also just Art... What's the guy's name? Ardo? The, the childhood Ardo. friend is the Ardo. most inscrutable part to me. That's the one that feels like it doesn't even belong in here. There's the speech in the middle about they were summoned there, but then there's no greater purpose to anything that happens, so they, I don't understand yeah. why they were summoned there. They talk about how they were summoned there, but also they just wandered in. <laughs> yeah, and then there's and there's also a that's cop a, car. That's a already fatalistic there.
1: thing, though. Like, I, sure. do, I, I think that part of this is like maybe fate determines what you do. Like, you're not really your own agent. I have no fucking clue, dude. I agree with you. This take is this is kind of what I had to. Is like, and ultimately is- there's still way too much, and I'm like, huh.
0: Yeah, and then this is probably one that, like, me being overly exposed to Western culture, but what was the relationship between Ramsey and Arda's uncle, where Ramsey is supposed to take care of Arda, but then Ramsey just fucking dies, he just gets his throat slit, but then he has the key in his throat, but then that doesn't do anything because Arda ends up just getting fucking hit by a bus. Like no 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 okay here's here's how I took it and part of this is based on that cla- like traditional Zoroastrianism story but what I perceived this movie to be is the story of a bunch of the these cops died right they died and they're in pre hell they're in limbo, limbo or whatever you want to call it and they're doomed to repeat the sequence right you see the repeating sequence with Art Ardo getting continually Ardo. hit by the yeah continually hit by the the bus over and over again and hit by the van. And they're forced to repeat this sequence of getting tortured and and having horrible things happen to them until eventually he's I have no idea why he finally ends up getting the key. But until he gets the key and beats Baba and then he Mm -hmm. releases everybody else from their torment, which is why the bus when it's sinking into the river is empty.
1: Yeah, that was the part that, credit to Modern Horrors on that, because I didn't notice it, but yeah, when he gets hit at the end of the film, because you've clearly seen it before, you you see the, bu- the van, the bus, whatever the hell it is again, and this time, there's no one in it, so that oh. is to show that they're gone. Like, this movie has layers, but... I don't get all of them, and some of the things I still don't think you could explain away. See, yeah, I mean, zip awesome.
0: back to my the beginning of my take where I said this is probably just my overexposure to Western storytelling, and I do yeah. not have any way of analyzing Zoroastrianism, but still, <laughs> yeah. The, so, uh, yeah, it's there. there's a lot of opaque parts of this story that are good in some ways as far as vision of hell, but also bad in some ways as far as I don't fucking understand what's happening. Yeah. So, so I mean, my, my take was they're they're trapped in this repeating loop of torture, and it ends by him releasing them to just move on to whatever afterlife exists. Do we know what Baskin means? No. That problem. was another no. one. Yeah, I don't know what the namesake of the movie
1: is. Yeah, I don't know either.
0: Yeah, okay, the world will never know. I don't have anything anything else the movie does wrong. <laughs> Hell yeah! Tweet tweet. <laughs> tweet. I, I want to talk about this as a neat bit because I don't think it's quite in full what the movie does right. Also, we talked about a lot of the stuff it does right, but I love the frog thing so much. I have no idea what it means, but just for, from the first time you see the frog in the soap dish, that's really fucking creepy. And then just that recurring frog thing, I think that's a really neat choice. I, I and I think it,
1: that that's probably cultural. Probably. That has, that has to have some sort of a greater meaning. I, I, I
0: assume so as well, in the same sense that, like, we associate. I, I go straight to, like, witchcraft when I see that type of stuff. And I don't know if there's, like, a deeper cultural root in that same vein. That seems like something that might translate well across the world. But, but. either way, I think it was creepy and cool imagery. And then I still. Uh, so if one thing, if in one way the frogs are a. Uh, symbol for witchcraft or evil or whatever, then why are the people at the gates of hell collecting frogs to eat or sell? I don't know. No, Charon like has partakes in some otherwise understood to be evil practices, even though he's only the gatekeeper over the river Styx, right? Yeah, I sure I don't know. I don't know what you're referencing, but sure. I Greek mean I pathology. know not Caron. I, I don't know the black market Charon shit. <laughs> sure, that's fine, uh, but I don't. I don't know. I thought it was neat either way. I liked the imagery, even without any further understanding of it. I thought it was cool. Uh, hey, boys, if we're gonna invade an abandoned house together, and we see a creep head in the corner bashing his head against the wall. I'm going to need you to keep your flashlight pointed at his head and hands and never point it creepily and cinematically down to his feet for seconds at a time. I'm going to need to know what's going on with his head and hands, please. All times. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, this is, we're getting into an overall h- horror trope here of just people being completely incapable of holding a flashlight. <laughs> yeah. And these I are ostensibly had... trained men. What happened to that guy? He's He's still in limbo. He's, he's bashing his head there against laughing the wall in
1: that hallway, almost outside the door forever.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. a lost
1: soul because he was not there later, and he was ostensibly like one of the other units. I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't think it matters. Yeah, chuck that back
0: <laughs> up to the things that I said earlier about this. The story leaving a lot of open ends, just scattered throughout. Like they're, that dude, just know. what the fuck? I don't know.
1: I mean, he was there for atmospheric purposes <laughs> just a lost to tie soul. in the call that they got to go there. So then there was the the other unit that got butchered, but he was a, like a loose end. Yeah, I don't know. This Dude, is this is sort of
0: this is sort of in a funny way breaking my brain that I'm just it's kind of occurring to me right now. Like literally, the only way I'm incapable I'm capable of understanding any of these symbols is through Dante's Inferno, which I can guarantee you is not the correct reference text for this movie. <laughs> right, <laughs> nope. right. This is not a Judeo Christian movie whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. So. I'm Like trying to force these metaphors, and it's it's uh, I'm I'm just that kid that's that's a little bit slow in in preschool who's trying to hit the square peg (laughs) into the round hole. That's me. I mean, but
1: the thing is, the square and the circle are like semi-close, so you can still sort of comprehend it when you're told. But you're like, oh yeah, no shit, that wouldn't fit, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's that experience for me. Surprisingly apt Uh, metaphor. The other thing. The other thing that I thought of when you mentioned the guy was like that part of the movie was one where you could tell that they'd seen other movies like you walk in and there are the hanging structures and things like there's like the twig Blair Witch thing. And then he's standing in the corner and you're like, you saw this. And we yeah, that like, was oh! definitely a Blair Witch yeah. call out. Yep. Yeah. There's
0: also a call out to Poltergeist two different times. Yeah, they right? have with it. The I, on oh, the yeah. TV. With the static. Yeah.
1: Like, I loved it. I, there were clear homages here and I thought they were fantastic. So it's like kind of a neat pick. It's not a, it's not a nitpick. It is not a kind of a neat pick. It is a neat pick. What am I saying? Yeah, super neat. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Super neat.
0: <laughs> Luckily, uh, we're this, already in that section. Yeah. This yeah, is probably crazy. more a problem with the translation than it is with the movie, but I can only go, I don't speak Turkish. I can only go by what I saw on the screen. And it was the translation. And it's when the entrails are getting pulled out. Yeah. Right? When he's cranking on the guy's intestines. Yeah. Cranking on the. It. The subtitles you hear from the people screaming are, bro. Comma, bro! Excl- exclama- exclamation yeah. point! There's a lot of bro! And hey, if I'm tied to a pillar and my entrails are being pulled out, I'd appreciate you to use my name, bro! bro. Really scream my name, <laughs> bro! Bro! <laughs> Dude, you're in!
1: Like, you're, why? It's like you know what, bro? It's like it's See, like Jack, in high school. Now you've
0: damned us all because in like I don't know six months time, when the three of us are chained to pillars and your intestines are being pulled out. I am going to pull the smart-ass maneuver and just yell bro at you. You're you're not, Mark. I know what you're going to do. You're going to yell, hey, hey, are you okay? Oh, in I might do that. dramatic and the, the, You know, the other thing I'll probably do is I'll just say, hey, Jake! No, Jake!
1: <laughs> you, know, like, you know what's actually going to happen is he's going to try to squeeze all of it in.
0: He's going to get try to, and he's yeah, going to panic I and say nothing. just make every joke I can. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah nothing <laughs> will end up happening. Okay, we've got a full circle. Or it's going to be, be like high school when I crash mind. that
0: fucking scooter and you ran up to be like hey hey are you okay
1: I no i wasn't i wasn't team, okay. okay i
0: was hurt you were fine your pride was injured very much so. yeah i mean you fucking crash a scooter your pride should be injured <laughs> he crashed a scooter uh, and flew into a bush <laughs> I, I i pretty much crashed that scooter like a bad boy i was trying to impress a girl great work dude <laughs> you High were trying risk. to impress a girl by flying away on a Vespa, and then your kickstand went down and threw you thirty feet into a bush. It was like 30. feet. I prefer thirty. I'd, okay. I'd like the narrative to be thirty. Thirty feet it is then. Thirty feet, <laughs> thanks, fine. buddy. Thank you. That's and you get up all like I you have. get up totally fine and wounded. and You're just like, oh, I crashed my scooter. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> um. The one thing that hit me weird in this one was that when the cops get the call to go to the, uh, in Yeah, oh, no idea. god. No, no fucking the, idea. That was Impossible. the one where I, I
1: read it, and I was like, yeah, Inciagak. And then I heard the people say it. The people and they're like, the bridge. The bridge people, and it was like uh, one ish-gak. one and one half syllables. Yeah, it, was like, it was like Ishgak. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't exactly. even that. It was like shuck.
0: Yeah, so when whatever. they go to Gashak or whatever, the, the the thing that hit me weird was so you're a police officer. Many of these people have served in this region for for many years, as as you can see by their dialogue that has already happened at, least 10. at this point in the movie. And they get a call that's like, "Hey, go to go to Ishguk," and they're like, "How do we get there? Where is this place? What is going on? I've never been to here. Why why are we getting called to this spot?" I, don't, I can't come up with a, with a situation where a cop somewhere in the world would get a call and be like, I don't know how to get there. That place is definitely hell. No, no, because they, but they also had directions, right? I actually really liked that part because it's like I can imagine a copier being like, I've worked this beat for 10 years and they're telling me to follow these directions and go to this place. I'm previously wholly unaware of this place. That's a cool setup for a gate to hell. Yeah, I just don't really get how that happens where it's basically if it's a if it's a single building, I guess that's fine. But the way it's the way it's sort of said in the over the radio is it's like a whole township. It would be like it would be like a Boise cop being like, hey, can you go to Meridian real quick? They're having problems. They're like, wait, what? Where the fuck is Meridian? (laughs) <laughs> no but that's that's also a cool idea for a horror movie right where a cop who's worked the same beat forever is told to like go to this township and has never heard of it before but still has to follow the directions what are you gonna do not go there you're on duty but then the guy who's driving knows how to I don't know That it was just weird to me I, I guess it makes sense for the overall architecture of the movie it was just like strange I, I can't figure out how a cop would ever be like that If like how would you know it exists but then also not know how to get there Ah, uh, th- Mark, I'm noodling on the idea to a great Twilight Zone episode. I'll tell you what. Okay, cool. Let's take it off air. Spec we're gonna, script. We're gonna pitch it to Jordan Peele. Fuck he's yeah, gonna we take are. our calls. I'm sure. Hey, the only other nitpick I had was that for a movie that has like pretty incredible grasp on visual storytelling, and Jake, you kind of hit on this earlier. It seems a little on the nose that like the, the it's literally a white illuminated staircase to get out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there's a spiral staircase and there's a white spotlight on it and that's just that's your you just go there. That seems great. <laughs> I appreciate that as a nitpick, yeah. That's the right yeah. place for it. It's just two on the nose. Two on the nose for me. I need that sort of guidance, Mark. Yeah, it's it, it it is definitely guidance. I don't know where the white light is coming from. Maybe it's not as on the nose in Zoroastrianism, Mark. Yeah, that's okay, fine. All of this all of my nitpicks can be couched in the fact that I am a <laughs> Western cultured zombie. Yeah, I'm too scared to say anything else.
1: Why don't we uh go to ratings? That sounds just fine. Sounds lovely. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. We over at a to see horror use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate how much Michael Patrick Porkins' father had to do the oral. I've been conflicted about whether to say anything because I feel like Michael Patrick Porkins could win it even without the oral. His father didn't need to do the oral. And for ten, think about Dr. Skull would rate the aggressiveness of Bart Harley Jarvis. Mr. Jarvis is one of the most aggressive babies I've ever met. He has a massive underbite and completely flat back of the head. I hope you Story is the first category to rate these movies. This was my pick. I'm going to rate the thing for story, and this is really, really hard because I have to weigh how much I don't understand versus how good a job I think they did making a story that I don't understand. I'm giving it a seven. I think they did a fantastic job. Like I said, I think this feels like a well-actualized story. It feels Tolkien esque in that they wrote a shitload more than they put on screen. Yeah. Which is like the 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 platonic ideal of you built a world by writing a thousand times more than you actually included in the final product. And I think that's that. It's the reverse JJ Abrams situation. Sure, it feels I'm, to me like that. I'm just I'm just picturing like they recut one of the trailers and they say Tolkien-esque, Jack, hated <laughs> Jack <the> horror. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, I, I do think it is like that. It, it's one of those situations where I think it feels that way because they did all that work to write it, and so it feels well-actualized instead of just, I don't know, ghosts or purgatory or whatever. Uh, anyway, Jake, why don't you go?
1: I, I'm like, I'm thrown now because of this Tolkien-esque thing. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Tolkien-esque? I, I, I don't understand. Like I, But it's I right... Think- I don't know that it is, Jack. I don't know that it is. Like, it's we've not. talked about this whole episode. there, I am leaning more on the side that, of something that Mark said earlier, which is there is, I don't know exactly how he said it, but there is a difference between story and storytelling. And this movie is exceptional on the storytelling side. Like, it's crazy, and that's a great thing. But that's where I'm having trouble with this category is, like, how much credit do I give it for storytelling versus just story? I'm just gonna rate it for a story, and I still think that there are way too many loose ends. I'm giving it a five, just shy of average. It's fine. They could have done a lot more to explain a few things away. I mean, it's it's not Tolkien esque. It's it's a hard category.
0: But do you understand what I mean when I'm saying that in this context? No. They when, when there are they pull from a deep enough pool of symbolism that like. If you were to go and investigate it, most of the things they did, they did for a reason, but the story itself is still opaque, is what I'm interpreting you to mean. Yes. I mean, and, that and, seems...
1: Yeah, that was a very smart thing. You just said, I get it.
0: Yes, that, that is what I mean by that. And also, they, they wrote more than they put on screen. I think this is very common among really good writing, is... Even if they don't provide you an explanation on screen, they probably have an explanation for everything that happened. And it's why I also say it's a reverse J.J. Abrams thing, which is just like the mystery box of here's a mystery that I haven't written the end to, and here's a forced answer to it later on. I don't know. Mark, what's your story rating? I'm kind of surprised no one has compared this movie to uh, Nightbreed yet because in a weird way, this movie is just Nightbreed. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that surprised. It's. I mean, Mark. it's also kind of southbound. This movie is a lot of kind of movies. <laughs> it's a, Yeah, that's true. It is a lot of kind of movies. I gave this a six. I don't have too much to add here. I, I'm bumping it up a little bit from average because of the storytelling aspect, which I feel like probably should be included in this category, but the story itself... Is good, just sort of average. It's it leaves a lot of loose threads, and that's what I'm picking apart here. I'm also bumping it up a little bit because I recognize that like I am interpreting it through the wrong lens. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of things here that are just lost on me, and it's probably not yeah. fair for me to penalize the movie for the things that Yeah, I'm but just it's also probably
1: thinking. but it's also probably the only fair thing we can do is to interpret a movie <laughs> and say that like we are looking at it through our western lens. This is the rating through that western lens, and there's stuff that we don't get.
0: I don't know, Jake, you could do what I did, which is professionally guess at how well they did it. Professionally their own call culture. it,
1: just assume that it's Tolkien. Okay. okay. <laughs> Professional yeah. guess. I don't know. It's this probably is probably Tolkien. the best story ever written. It, it's it's probably it. Tolkien. Yeah, that's fucking insulting. <laughs> right on the left side of my head is all my Tolkien. Right there. <laughs>
0: Uh, World Building and Immersion is our second category. I'm going to give it a seven for World Building and Immersion as well. This is hurt from an immersion standpoint based on, obviously, it being as foreign as it is, not just the subtitles, but the fact that you have no concept of what a sentence structure is supposed to sound like. At least I didn't, which is really (laughs) difficult to grok when you're watching it. But I'm also glued to the screen, I want to know what the fuck's going on, I want to read, I'm trying to read it all because I'm immersed in it, and then I also think they build unbelievably great little tight little worlds that they piece together through a cool mystery that I want to know the fucking answer to and don't, so uh, it's also hurt a little bit for by me for the fact that the two biggest songs they use sound like the synth from two oh other very specific songs, but just a little bit, oh it's a seven for me, Jake. This is where the storytelling
1: as opposed to story comes in for me. And I I don't I don't have a problem with immersion when it comes to having to read subtitles. I really don't. Like I try to make sure that I'm in the right context and setting and mood for all of that. But Blackout Drunk. Yep.
0: Not hungover, I'll tell you that <laughs> much. Dude, this movie drunk would be literally impossible. This I'm is a so- wall of movie. My first experience with this movie was very, very drunk, and most of what I remember is a short man ripping out entrails. Well, I mean, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's certainly what a I remember right now. So so <laughs>
1: that actually ties into what I'm about to say. I mean, yeah, so everything that I just said before you so rudely interrupted me, Jack, and then I was also going to add that um, I think that basically like the world, like we talked about earlier, is a strange one, but it's really well-realized. And outside of that, like really the only thing that took me out was I'm not much for torture porn. And there's a significant part of this where that's what's happening. Like you just have a sequence, a long one of them in this hell's vestibule, whatever, tied up being tortured by Baba on a stool. And it starts to drag a little bit. It's like draggy and torture porny, which those two don't. That's not great.
0: Yeah, that's so- the worst combination.
1: Like, they both seem to happen, though. So that's the that's literally, that was the only part that pulled me out. I gave it an eight and a half for immersion. Hell and yeah,
0: movie. buddy. I like it. Going bold. Mark. That's incredible. I also gave it an eight and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, Mark. Good job, bud. Uh,
0: yeah. Aside from the fact I didn't want to penalize it for me being functionally illiterate and being incapable of reading as fast <laughs> as they talk, that was almost the only thing that took me out. I was initially peeved a bit by the cross-cutting between, like them dying in a car accident and then all of a sudden they're in a diner or whatever. But then as I talked about earlier, like that ends up making sense thematically throughout the rest of the movie. Aside from that, the world building is damn near perfect. everything, every location they're in is built on an expert level uh, to the point where I am absolutely sucked in. And immersion-wise, the only the only barrier to entry here is the fact that it is in Turkish and f- like functionally based on a culture that I do not understand. <laughs> so <laughs> this this is the barrier to entry penalty, I suppose, a little bit here. But eight and a half. I mean, it is a, it is a good. It's an interesting movie that pulled me in. Yep. Uh, scare factor is our next category, and for me, it's an eight for scare factor. It's a scary fucking movie. Not just from the, you don't know what the fuck's going on, right? From the characters' perspectives, they keep waking up and then getting tortured and waking up in diners and don't know what the fuck's going on. But even as a viewer, there is some truly disturbing shit going on from like when they walk into the abandoned building and see just, I mean, the Blair Witch stuff still gets to me, right? Those those tied up twine. Yeah, that shit freaks me out. Then they see a guy bashing his head into the wall. That shit freaks me out. Then he starts cackling. I'm scared by that. And then when they kind of split up and they see like the one legged person hacking up a body, uh, intercut with the other guy getting his head sledgehammered is all really good, practical, really effective scares right down to the both the entrails and the eye gouging scene or eye stabbing scene, both of which made me physically uncomfortable and are hard to watch and are great and are terrifying, isn't it? This is a very, very scary movie. Jake.
1: Yeah, this is scary in a couple ways. I mean, if you're not one for the more visceral of kind of punishment and torture and that sort of thing, it's probably going to get to you at least a bit. It's not the worst that is out there, but it's not great either. You're going to cringe. So that's certainly worth mentioning. And then The other part of that is it's just profoundly uncomfortable to think of this, like, time loop and just the horrors that they are subjected to to whatever degree this time. Like, how many times have they been through this? That's more of, like, a Twilight zone element, right? But that's very uncomfortable to think about. So I would say that overall, in, though, different ways, this is a more uncomfortable movie than scary. But that packs a punch. And I end up giving it a 7. I agree with most of what you said, Jack.
0: Yep. Mark. I have no idea how to rate this movie, and I don't disagree with either of the things you said, but I went a little bit lower, six and a half, only because it's a very specific type of fear. Yeah. When I was a kid and I would watch scary movies, the ones that would like really scare the shit out of me are the ones that like I could make applicable to my day-to-day life of like, there's a TV that could turn on and suck me in, or a ghost would come out of it, or there could be a murderer outside or whatever. The likelihood of me being in a van with a bunch of police officers when they were sucked into hell would be pretty low. so ultimately this isn't one of those ones that like my subconscious monkey brain resonates with on a scary level but I do appreciate the level of gore and violence that are like just built into the seams of this one so I mean like I get it it should probably be scarier than I'm giving it credit for it, but I still went with a six and a half which is about average. It. Yeah, love it. Mark, that also illustrates the difference between you and I, right? Because this is the kind of shit that scares me of, like, you think I'll probably never be in this situation with these cops. I'm thinking, like, I might just go to a diner and then all of a sudden find myself in a hell time loop. I don't fucking know. That's the kind of shit that scares (laughs) me. That's true. That's true. (laughs) You could find yourself in a time loop. You might be 90 years old right now somehow. Already. It might be happening right now. You don't know. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You hang up, and then all of a sudden a strange person walks in. You're freaking me out, man. I'm going to drink more about this. Let's go to effects Wait, did you say you're, a... you're gonna
1: drink? Did you say you're gonna drink more about
0: this? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the only way out that I see. I'm okay.
1: I'm, I'm whatever time loop
0: I'm in, I can drink myself out of. Yeah, Jake, you can't get stuck in a time loop if you're irrevocably drunk. Exactly. exactly.
1: if you're blackout, then you can't remember anything. Therefore, not a loop. <laughs> I don't know. Did this already happen? Who knows? I was blackout yeah, drunk. I
0: don't fucking remember. I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was blackout. <laughs> I woke up and I was fine. That's what matters. It's foolproof, buddy. It's foolproof. We're gonna go to effects or judicious lack thereof. It's a nine for me. This movie is damn near perfect. Uh, the Coward. practicals great. The cinematography is great. <laughs> Jake, you mentioned there are a little bit of wiggly stuff with the uh, with the the digital alter. <laughs> it was a choice. And there there was are a wiggly choice. stuff. There, There is also a little bit of that feeling. While I do think it's an artistic choice, there is a, bit, a little bit of using darkness to cover stuff. They're not particularly innovative, so I'm not, it's not a perfect score, but it is a nine. It's about as close to perfect as you can get to be. Mark, or no, Jake, you're next. Woo. I thought you were going to skip me. I gave it an eight and a half. I agree
1: with everything you said. Uh, uh, as, as was seen by you two and no one else on the planet earlier, I was shocked to hear. I, I don't know if you're right, but if you were, Wow that's, that's what i've seen yeah this movie is incur- i mean mostly on the sets and costuming and everything like that got the world to the point that it was standpoint was just ridiculous uh the practical when it comes to the gore was pretty good you could see a little bit there like we talked about but i'm not gonna dock it for that really and then you mentioned jack on the on the kind of wiggly little, uh, you said wiggly, and now I'm repeating you. Side with the uh, touch-ups from a digital. I'm very smart, Jake. Yeah, I know. All Man. that was, eh? T- I, 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 don't want. I want to say it was too much of a detraction, but it definitely it had an effect. So it, you know, it's pretty damn good, especially for how much money it was spent.
0: Hell yeah, Mark! I gave it a ten. I, I don't know why. Yeah, it, you I, 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 I don't know yeah. why this wouldn't get a ten. This movie. You don't know why it wouldn't. I don't know why it wouldn't get a ten. I mean, I I I, I understand intellectually <laughs> I the, the the complaints you have about it, but like this movie does a, a, the the degree of difficulty for all of the shit they do is exceptionally high, and for the most part they land it. And beyond that, they spend the resources they have on effects that. As a whole, augment the the timbre of the movie itself. Like okay. they're they're Hell not yeah. wasting their time with other bullshit. They're do the things that they spend time on are the things that make this movie feel the way it does. They, Mark, this is such a good take. I it's it's
1: mostly a good take. I I hey, dude, I'm not gonna like hate on you for going there, but like for example, one of the things that they didn't need to do. Is what we talked about with extension cord, cybernetically like,
0: enhance the forearms?
1: <laughs> I you don't you this does not add anything to the movie for me <laughs> when you actively see that it's not it, it you you see the chinks in the armor by doing it like they'd already listener hit you with it
0: listener to clarify Jake is making a visual point by wrapping an extension cord around his. His hand, well, miming it anyway. He's miming it. It's not yeah. an actual extension. cord. If he cord. had an extension cord at the ready, I'd be very impressed. And I'll just control There's C, right control V. Me. My my earlier take that might somehow my brain protected me from this by by thinking that it was like just a general piece of viscera that Baba still had in his hand. I, sure, I look, sure. I get it. That part is a little bit weird. But like, if we were to nitpick this thing, the only okay. two things I think we've highlighted that are problematic about the effects are the way the air quotes entrails look when he's wrapping it around his hand and the cg enhanced forearms and if those are the two things we're nitpicking about a movie that was shot for three hundred fifty thousand dollars probably about the descent into hell that looks as good as this movie does then it's absolutely a 10 like whatever not literally hey, nothing Mark, ever you know is what? going to be perfect like,
1: yeah respect respect i didn't give it i didn't give it a, i didn't give it a 10 but respect
0: we all okay. gave it a hugely high score. It yeah, was fucking this, is a, this is a very good effects movie. <laughs> yeah. We're on to overall, boys. I'm giving it an 8 overall. This movie's fucking great. It's hard to watch. It's challenging. It's fucking fantastic. I love it. This movie's very, very good. I'm glad we got to sit down and talk about it. I've been eager to do this. Good Jake. pick. Good pick, Jack. Yeah, me too. I'm
1: super happy we saw it. I don't think I could have been pressed to watching it otherwise. Like, we needed to do this, or I probably would never have seen it. It's one that's been on the radar, and I've just never had the courage to take the leap I suppose I gave it a seven and a half I agree with you I think it's a challenging movie but it's one that's very worth watching if you have I don't know if you have a reason (laughs) if you have a reason it's worth it and if you want the other end it feels on the other end it feels like a thing that you
0: feel happy to have seen I guess yeah yeah Mark I, uh, we're going to circle the wagons on this one. I gave it an eight, which seems like almost a preposterous amount of tilt up because insofar as we treat overall as the ability for ourselves to recommend things to people, I am going to recommend this. Like, this is one of the least recommendable movies possible. It's generally. Getting, okay, you're getting into the segment. <laughs> like, what are we hey, hey do what are you want to watch an ultra-specific version of Turkish Hell? Yeah. Oh, I, I have there? the mark just for you. Stop. But... That, Stop said, it. Stop that it. said, shut Mark. up. Stop it. I'm not done with my rating yet. That said, <laughs> there are a few people in my world outside of this podcast who actually are very enthusiastic about horror movies. Who are very enthusiastic about Turkish Zoroastrianism. I mean, also, sure, why not? Those yeah. two those two those two Ven, the the two circles in that Venn diagram actually overlap quite a bit. Great. Uh The gentlemen at the meetings I go to who take my money continue to tell me they're very enthusiastic about Zoroastrianism. (laughs) What I'm saying, though, is like if the people in my life who are like super into this just general horror idea, this is a very high recommend for me on that. Of like, dude, Baskin, fuck. You got to see this. You got to experience this thing. Okay, Mark. So now we're going to go to our segment of thumbs up or thumbs down. And what else do you have to say now? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this a thumbs down, believe it or not, only because of how specific it is. Like that That's yeah, the weird thing this. about this game we play. If you fall into the category of someone who would possibly like this movie, I'm going to recommend this thing to you so hard. But also, 98% of the rest of the planet <laughs> probably <laughs> not going to like this movie. I'm gonna give this a thumbs up just as a as a bellwether, right? You know, we we we've talked about before on the bellwether podcast, of what we well, because <laughs> we've ask. talked about we've talked about it on the podcast before. We got a lot of people sitting on the fence, and sometimes we have a very aggressive episode, and it's gonna knock those people off the fucking fence. When I recommend this people, to, when I recommend this movie to people, I'm gonna know who I should who I should and should not be talking to movies about. So I'm I'm, so I'm wait, giving this wait, a wait. thumbs up. What? Everybody should talk watch to movies this. about them. And I don't I, understand. I, Everybody should watch this, and if you hate it, you can fuck off, and I don't care to talk to you about movies. Oh, so well, no, 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 that- no. That is not the I, – I do not endorse that stance. <laughs> I do. A, I I mean- this is. But this is my turn, Mark. This is my point. Fine. I'm just saying just- that is a Jack only and not an A to Z horror official stance. Official stance of the podcast. Well, I guess I have to tie break, right? Yes. Yeah. We all gave this a high score. I mean, what do you think
1: I'm going to do? I gave it a down. thumbs down. It's way yeah! really too specific. Suck it, Jack. No, here's the thing: there there are there are people who I would recommend this to, but the vast majority of people, let alone horror fans, like I told you myself, I probably would have taken the leap into this knowing what little I did know without your urging me to. And on the other end, I'm super happy I did. It's not like it was crazy harrowing. It was. It's just. It's such a challenging watch that having seen it. I can't, I can't necessarily recommend it to your average person, like, especially your average person, even your average horror viewer, like, it's just not gonna hit the right notes, but that being said, it is a fantastic movie and i really liked it <laughs> i
0: i do i do kind of like jack's approach to this where there's it, it's almost like a part of like the match.com personality test no, this is... thing where like watch baskin did you like baskin oh you would love yeah. these people never hang out with this these people this was like the <laughs> it's you, gonna knock you were... some people off the fence yeah Yeah, when you were
1: saying this, you reminded me of, like, the Bourdain thing where he would talk about he'd go on all these first dates and take them to, like, really challenging restaurants with, like, crazy (laughs) cuisine. And if they couldn't handle it, he'd be like, we're not going on another date.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's an approach. Well, look, and it is kind of apropos to my life because I would make my wife watch, (laughs) like, my then girlfriend watch ridiculously weird horror movies. And she would watch some of them and be like, that was interesting. And some of them would be like, no. No, like 20 minutes in, just I'm not you don't want me to watch this and I'm not watching this. So just, we yeah. can continue I, to hang out. I don't want to watch this with you. It's like cool. I I appreciate that. I just feel like on I don't I don't yeah. I I feel like
1: on on the other end of this on so many levels this is like doctorate level horror
0: experience. Yeah, this is about as deep into horror as you can be. I would yeah. I would say so. In yeah, in a certain vein certainly. I sure I don't have anything to add fuck it <laughs> so should Dude, we get the fuck out of here yes oh boy
1: this has been episode 176 of the A to Z Cast. check out everything we have going on head on over to a to atozwhore.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels those are Facebook Twitter and Instagram and those links are going to be right down there in the description below as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode if you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we have going on you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member except right now don't do that I mean you can, but like we're not gonna we're not gonna like hold you to it right now. Go and spend that money in places that it really matters. It's a tough time right now for everybody. We're just happy you're here hanging out with us. The music that you're hearing right now, as always, is coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we are going to be coming. So my first pick of this crop, I think it is. Is that right, guys? Is it my Sounds pick finally? Right. Yes, yeah. it is. I mean, oh I don't know. Fact, is it your pick? We've had we've had both of you, we've had a Patreon member, now it's finally me. I see where I am here. Okay, next week we're watching Gerald's game. We're watching Gerald's game. It's gonna be one week from now, if the world's still here, I think. And we'll do it then. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Stay safe out there, buddy. I'm all paid up. I'm all paid up.